This is the Squared Ham Podcast. Any views or opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the host and guests and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that they may or may not be associated with in their professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions expressed are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, fraternity, business, company, or a specific individual. Now, on to the show. Morning, morning time. I am Mike Schaefer, and welcome to the Squared Ham. It is Thursday. August 20th, 2020. This is episode 12. Not all ideas are good. I recently finished watching the Democratic nomination convention that has been on television for the past three nights. If that ordeal didn't turn your stomach, nothing will. Not for it being Democratic versus Republican or this or that, but rather what was said and by whom. All I heard was, President Trump stinks, President Trump this, President Trump that. Ex-presidents bashing President Trump for not fixing something in three years that they themselves couldn't fix during their eight years. Others have been in politics for 50 years or more and haven't fixed it. Biden himself couldn't fix it during his eight years as vice president or his 50 years of other political service, but now claims to be able to fix everything that is wrong. The only people that offered solutions to problems, and I'm not debating if they were good ideas or ludicrous, were Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders, who the Democratic Party themselves have continually rejected. But now, the far-left-leaning Democrats are praising their words. Michelle Obama has been elevated to Mother Teresa, and President Obama himself is hashtag still their president. Not to be silenced, President Trump took to Twitter to defend every attack set against him with attacks of his own. When will this Republican, Democrat, childish, tit-for-tat nonsense end? When will our representation actually accomplish what they are being paid to do? When will they look after our best interests and not their own? Maybe when we finally hold them accountable to the oaths of service that they took. But we as a nation are just as guilty as they are when it comes to name-calling and childishness on social media. I see both sides acting a fool. Nothing but name-calling and ignorant comments. I really wonder when it became the acceptable norm to be selfish and not care about others whether in deed or word. As a registered libertarian, I tend to agree with both Republicans and Democrats on some issues, but on many issues I can't agree with either. Today, I would like to share with you a post from a Facebook friend who identifies herself as a conservative Christian and what my response was to said post. A little background. This conservative Christian defines her political views by her strong support of socially conservative Christian policies. She was born and raised in the South, retired from nursing. Her age puts her in the baby boomer generation. And she is never shy about sharing Christian quotes or her pro-Trump support on Facebook. 
many people post their religious or political views on Facebook, and there is nothing wrong with that. We can choose to either respond or scroll past. That's how Facebook works. 99% of the posts I see, I will scroll by if I don't agree, or if I like it, I'll give the post a like if it isn't radical or offensive. However, this particular post caused me to respond. Here's what she wrote. Hey, here's a thought. Let's send all convicted felons to Afghanistan, along with all the inmates under the supervision of the toughest officer in charge over there. Reinstate the draft from 18 to 30. If they make it back, they are on parole. But if they break parole, they are sent back and never come back stateside. This solves several problems. Empties the prisons, gets deadbeats off the streets, teaches some respect and discipline, and retrains a generation of kids that think they are owed a free ride. Maybe even dry out some afflicts, too. I think she meant to say addicts instead of afflicts. Here's my response. Congratulations. This post wins the award for the most ridiculous thing I have read on Facebook all day. The United States population currently sits around 328.2 million. Of those, around 1.3 million are on active duty in the military. That roughly translates to half of a percent of the population, or 0.4%. To serve in the military, one must pass intellectual requirements, not limited to, but consisting of academics, which vary upon job, and psychological stability and fitness. In addition, there are physical fitness and moral requirements which disqualify a large portion of the general population. Felons may not possess a firearm, a major tool of the military trade. Heck, bad credit alone can disqualify one from military service. These convicted felons that you suggest sending to Afghanistan have already demonstrated that they cannot function as a productive member in a regular society and thinking that they would automatically change with strong leadership in a combat environment is ludicrous. Emotions are revealed and magnified to unimaginable degrees when the bullets start raining down on you. A combat environment requires unwavering loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. Without these values, good people die. It is a disservice to those serving to put them in harm's way by forcing them to go to combat with the dregs of society. Additionally, saying that all felons should go implies that they are capable of performing equally to those serving. This is quite insulting to those that are currently serving. You say to reinstate the draft. There hasn't been a need to do so since Vietnam. The draft would ultimately put people into the military that don't want to be there. Again, a risk to lives of those serving. The military has a membership size set by Congress. To put all felons in would either take away jobs from non-felons wishing to join or would require a budget increase to support the added number of bodies in the military. The same applies to reinstating the draft. Lastly, you say that if they break parole, they are sent to Afghanistan to never return to the United States. So what I'm hearing is... Let's send our felons to another country. Not my problem anymore. Now it's theirs. How is this thinking any different than the current problem the U.S. faces with the South American countries sending their felons across our borders? How is that working out for America? Why do you think we are in Afghanistan? Are we not there to reestablish stability of its government and the populace in general? 
How is dumping our criminals into their country helpful? Isn't it counterintuitive to what our military members serving in Afghanistan are there fighting and dying for now? Do you think these felons would support a nation that kicked them out, us, the U.S.? Or do you think they would fight against us by joining the Taliban? In a sense, we would be sending them soldiers to fight against us. And that's what I wrote to her. Days later, still no answer from her. However, others have accused me, a Generation Xer, of acting like a whiny-ass entitled millennial crying about my feelings. Some say I am acting triggered by this post. You know what? I am. And I have every damn right to be. Why? Because my wife, my son, and I have all served in the army. Two out of the three of us have been deployed to Afghanistan, the very place she speaks about. Hell, my son is there now on his second tour. I am more than entitled and qualified to feel the way I do about her comments. Hell, a lot more entitled than someone who has never served a day of their life in the military, but has asinine ideas on who to put in and deploy with. Don't tell me how to do my job, and I won't tell you how to do yours. My advice on social media, be careful what you post. Ask yourself if it is kind. Ask yourself if it is true. And stay in your lane. Comment only on what you are knowledgeable. That's the show for today. I'd love to hear from you and hear what your thoughts and comments are on today's show. Or if there is a topic that I have not covered and you would like me to, please let me know. Comments can be emailed to thesquaredham at gmail.com. Again, that's thesquaredham at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, remember, you can spend your time searching for light, or you can become the light.